Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That thing, Stress. Let me come inside your mind I promise you it won't take long The change will happen soon You will feel something so special Growing deep within you That thing, that thing, that thing With James, that thing, that thing Hello, and welcome to episode 40, I think, 2, 42, of That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. All right. Well, I have a special update for all of you about how this, this podcast is doing. And I must say that I am killing it. Absolutely killing it. Now, like in the comedy, particularly the stand-up community, to kill it is a good thing. You know, when you, you, you killed the audience, you killed it, means that they the people are doubled over with laughter, that they're gasping for air, that they're completely flushed, cherry red in the face. You're absolutely killing it. Means you're doing very, very well in stand-up. However, in the context of this podcast, I am killing it as in um, draining its life force. Like it's um, killing it is like the opposite of the good. Like I'm actually murdering this thing, not like in a good, cool way. It's like the show's like dying, but I'm still going to do it. But like, you know, like for my audio subscribers, I had like 80 subscribers. And then over the past few weeks, it's gone down to like 15 subscribers. So I'm killing it. And uh, for like my my YouTubers, my YouTube viewers, um, my, my subscribers to my YouTube channel, I, I've stagnated at 23. It's been at 23 for the past few months, killing it. It's stayed the same. It hasn't gone down. It hasn't gone down, but it's stayed the same. So I'm just killing it, man. And uh, like the viewers, I usually for the videos, I get like an average view number of like 10 views for every episode. But for the past two episodes, I've had two viewers for each video. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. So, you know, 
if someone asks you if you know anyone who's killing it, hold on. I'm killing it. Ooh. Oh, God damn. That's soaked into the, uh, the muff, this, this wind muff on the microphone. Oh, that is, um, smells like the chili I ate last night, but like not as good as it was before it went inside me. I'm killing it, folks. I'm absolutely killing it. So yeah, if anyone asks you if you know anyone who's killing it, you can tell them uh, James Jackson Asher II is killing it because I am killing it. Not even just in the podcast, but in my life too, man. I'm just killing it. Let me tell you. Uh, I've had like all sorts of auditions. I even had like a film audition, a couple film auditions actually. And, um, you know, didn't hear back from back from either of them killing it. I've did a shit ton of like commercial auditions within the past couple of weeks. Nothing. Although for one, I was put on hold, which means I was like one of the last two people to be considered for it. Um, and that's like a thing uh, as an actor. Like if you get cast or something, if you're like one of the finalists, you'll get this email or text asking if, um, you know, confirming right of first refusal, which is like a legal thing where basically uh, it's your right to refuse first. You know, it's the the client or whomever is saying like, okay, we've little whittled our list down to like, five people, maybe less, maybe fewer. And um, we want to, you know, make sure everyone's available for these dates that we're going to need them to work on. So we're giving them an out. Uh, so you get to say right of first refusal. And I was like, um, I well, I, I confirmed that I'm available for these dates that this project is going on. And they're like, great, well, then we're putting you on hold for these specific dates. So when you're put on hold, you have to black your calendar out for those days. Don't schedule anything else. And um, most of the time when I've been put on hold, you know, I get the job, which is killing it, you know. Um, but this time I didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything. And then I had to text a few people on the day of the shoot to say, am I still on hold or what people like I've got a life I got shit to do, man, you got to tell me am I on hold? Is this project just not happening? Like what's going on? I'm getting radio silence here. Well, I get word back that no, no, I'm no longer on hold. I didn't get the job. Generally, you will hear that information before the day of the shoot, before the days you have blacked out, you know, in case you have a day job or something. So you can unblack out those days so you can like do stuff, you know, but uh, no, no, I found out the day of. I I didn't get it, killed it, killing it in my personal life, man, killing it. Uh, let's see here. I've got a interesting, interesting thing. I, a, a fan of the show uh, sent me a story that they wrote about their first time taking LSD. Uh, now, granted. This that LSD is an illegal thing, 
and I will have more to say on that after this quick business that I have to get into. But let me tell you, I've got this story from a fan of the show and uh, this person wants me to share it with all of you. So I'm going to share the story um, and I'm also going to give my own commentary on it. Um, But since, you know, it's in some legally, uh, you know, gray area, uh, um, I'm going to keep things anonymous, keep out certain details, obscure certain details, but that's what you have to look forward to in this episode. A story about a person's first time recently taking LSD. Now, I'm going to get to that after some quick business and then a quick break. So here's the quick business. Um, If you want to help support this show uh, so I can keep doing it and hopefully make it better and maybe keep killing it, but like killing it up instead of like killing it down, uh, you can... You can support me. You can donate via my Patreon account. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash that thing with James. All one word. Patreon.com slash that thing with James. Third time's a charm, baby. Patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can donate as little as a dollar a month if you want, or there's other options. And um, yeah, you know, you, you can rest. You can have peace of mind knowing that you're helping to support a show that you love. And um, if if you uh, are not already subscribed to this, you can subscribe. You know, please do that. You know, and YouTubers, if you're not subscribed to my uh, YouTube channel, please, you know, I, I invite you to subscribe, like the videos you like. Hopefully you, hopefully you like them all, wink. Uh, and, uh, you know, write a comment. And for all of you, share the show with your friends, man. Let's build a little community of love. Spread the love like butter. High fat European butter. Spread it, baby. Also, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher, at the at sign, J-A-M-E-S-J-A-S-H-E-R, at James J. Asher. I'm fairly active on those two things, and you can contact me on those places. Or if you want to contact me by email, like the, uh, the viewer did to share this story that I'm going to cover today, you can send me an email at that thing with James at gmail.com. You can just reach out if you just want to say hi. If you have a story you'd like to share on the show, or if you need some advice for me to cover on the show, please send me an email. Or if you have like an idea for a subject for me to cover on the show, I can do that. Send me an email at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. You can also find my website, jamesjasher.com. Uh, there you can find contact info for my, uh, for my representation. My representative, my agent is on the contact page. His contact info is there. Um, and also I have a blog there. If you go way, way back before I started this show, uh, you can see blog posts that I made before. So yeah, that's all well and good. I think that's all the business. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been killing it, man. Been killing it. Been killing it on the finding new podcast stuff too. I new podcasts to listen to and sometimes watch. Today I discovered this podcast called Podcast But Outside, and it is awesome. I love it. It's these uh, two guys 
Um, I forget their names, but they live in Los Angeles and uh, they do their podcast and they set up a table and microphones and stuff. Uh, They set up a table in public spaces just around LA or around the world, but mostly in LA. They'll just go somewhere public and they've got a sign up that says, um, if you talk to us, we will give you a dollar. And sure enough, you know, they'll, strangers will come up or they'll try to uh, invite strangers to come up and talk to them. And uh, at the end of the conversation, they give the stranger a dollar and a sticker for the show. Yeah. Podcast, but outside. It's a really simple concept, but it is, I, I'm loving it. And it's on YouTube as well. If you want to watch it, they've got a video thing uh, and it's the videos fucking funny the way that they edit the video and they put in pictures and stuff. So yeah, if you want a, another podcast, if you don't like the one you're watching right now or listening, uh, go check out a podcast, but outside, you might like them a little better. <laughs> I'm killing it. I am going to take a quick break and then we will get into this story. Be right back. And I'm back. Now, before I get into the story, I, I, I would like to reemphasize that LSD is very much illegal. It is a controlled substance, a schedule one substance, which um, puts it up with heroin cocaine, crack, meth, stuff like that. Um, Drugs that murder people and LSD um, can and probably will murder you. Uh, I've heard that it makes your spinal fluids run up your spine as opposed to down because you have fluid in your spine and it only runs down uh, apparently. But the acid makes it run up and then when you do it, It's going to run up your spine instead of down for the rest of your life. And then it'll make you crazy. Like uh, you'll be schizophrenic for the rest of your life. You will have multiple personalities, um, MPD, multiple personality disorder. And also uh, it's not something that people, that good people take. Good people do not use acid. Only bad people use acid. It indicates a lack of morals. Uh, It it, it marks a lack of willpower. It marks a lack of class and character. The only people... See, only dopes do dope. You hear me? Just like the dare things that used to come to the school and sell drugs to the kids after, like in the hallway. Only dopes do dope. That's it. I dare you to not do drugs because they're illegal. And uh, you're probably not a good person. You, you, you lack any moral compass. You lack good ethics, good, good, uh, you know, work ethic, good personal ethic. You're probably uh, less of a person if you have ever done LSD. Now, um, I don't want to say that to judge the person who sent the story, but I'm just saying objectively, um, you know, if you do that kind of thing, just know that it is very much illegal. It is exactly, exactly as dangerous as heroin laced with fentanyl and, and, uh, oh God, what's the embalming fluid? 
formaldehyde. Yeah, it's a killer. Queen, something with the samba da, ba 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 da 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 da, samba really hot in time, anytime. Oh God, my favorite song. I know all the words. Uh, yeah. So, and I just want to say that because I'm going to read this, because I've talked about this particular substance on this show before, I just want to say that I do not condone, um, nor am I trying to promote the abuse of illicit substances such as LSD. It's illegal and it can be very dangerous. Actually, it is very dangerous. If you take it, you will die. You will die from a bad trip. You're going to have a heart attack. Something's going to come out of your butt. Um, a, a Satan, Satan in the form of a viper. I'm talking about the car, not the serpent. A viper. The car will come out of your butt and kill you. It'll strike you in the neck with its psychedelic vemen. And vemen, vemen. The vemen will come out of the car and they will strike you in the neck and poison your blood. And then you will die of a heart attack, of lack of morals, of lack of character. So yeah, I'm just saying, just because I'm talking about it here, it doesn't make it cool. Only dopes use dope. Only dopes do dope. Duh, duh, duh. Only dopes do O-D-D-D. O-D-D-D-D. Because you can O-D. O-D-D-D. Okay? Um, so let's let's get started with this story. Let me, uh, let me whip it out real quick, huh? I got to whip out the story. It's on my electronical future device here. Uh, because this is the year 2019. And we now officially live in the future. Okay. Uh, oh, my my student loan billing statement is now available. Nice. Hell yes. Ooh, as is, uh, oh, my car insurance website has a new look. Well, that's something to look forward to, huh? Okay, here we are. The email, because this came in the form of an email, is titled The Trip. Hello, good sir. I will now bestow upon you the story that is my first acid trip. Again, I'd like to state that I'm going to, um, you know, make people's names anonymous. Uh, and I'm going to change, you know, obscure certain details just to preserve the anonymity of this person. Uh, they're very brave for sharing this very illegal story. But you know what? Isn't it interesting to be bad? To hear about like what bad people do with their bad time? Um, my girlfriend watches... Well, she used to watch a lot of the murder shows, but then that started kind of getting to her head. Like I told you, it's like, what the fuck do you expect to happen? You're watching murder porn. Like, you're not... It's going to give you bad dreams. Um, but now she mostly just watches, you know, like fiscal kinds of, um, you know, crime, like white collar crime. Well, anyway, back to the email. 
first of all, I'll, I will give you a little bit of history on all of this. Being sour that I was not born earlier and part of the counterculture, I've always had the desire to experiment with drugs. I'm 32 now and have only smoked pot and taken edibles up until last week. I'm falling a bit short to say the least. A good friend that I work with introduced me to one of his close friends five or six years ago. We will refer to him as John. He is one of the funniest, most intelligent people that I've ever been around. He is quick-witted, can talk circles around most people, and is basically a cool savant. Ooh, savant, like Amadeus Mozart. Mozart! He started making work trips to Denver a few years back and began to mule thousands of dollars of edibles for himself and for his friends. Um, you know, he, then he started making regular trips to Colorado for the edibles and had a pretty good local following for obvious reasons. One of his co-workers who he was supplying was uh, has a source for some pretty high-grade LSD. Blotter paper sheets with squares of 250 micrograms each. He told me a few months ago that he made a trade for a sheet of acid for some edibles. I had mentioned to him that I had always wanted to try acid. Fast forward to a week ago. John had recently gone through a divorce and had been living with some friends for a few months. I met up with John and our mutual friend to watch a football game a couple of weeks ago. John broke the news that he finally got his own place uh, again. Uh, after talking about it for quite a bit, it dawned on us that his quadruplex that he had just moved into was within eyesight of my house. I shit you not. I could throw a rock and hit his building. We were both super stoked. Well, last Friday, I left work. I had left work, promptly went to the liquor store to get some booze, and be and proceeded to get shit faced, but all by my lonesome, as is tradition. I'm about a six pack in, and I get a text from John saying, "Hey man, wanna do some acid?" At first, I laughed it off. Then I started thinking about it. My wife had gone, was gone for most of the evening. I was off all weekend, and I was literally getting drunk by myself. I started off playing hard to get, then I finally gave in and told him to come over. Uh, John comes over, and we have a couple of beers. He breaks out the sheet of acid and gives me the acid for dummies, so to speak, talk. Number one, make sure you're in a good state of mind. Number two, once this stuff kicks in, she grabs you and takes you. Don't fight it or you'll be miserable. Number three, you're going to start seeing shit in your peripherals. Uh, then things will start moving on you. Number four, you're going to get pretty hot, so turn the fan on. Hot, as in like you're going to get really attractive and like... You know what the model pictures, like their hair's blowing in the wind and their, you know, their, their unbuttoned shirt is like flapping in the wind, you know, like Fabio. Is that what acid does? Does it make you like hot? Like, like you're good looking? Like you're, like you're, 
really hot, like you go from like maybe a five to a 10. I don't know. I've never done this stuff, but you heard it here first, folks. Um, if you want to get beautiful, if you want to be hot, take acid. Uh, let's see, where was I? Um, mm, hot, so turn on the fan. Okay, here we go. He tears off a square and tells me to put it under my tongue and keep it there for 20 minutes or so, then to swallow it. He tears off two squares for himself and says something to the effect of, I like good experiences. At first, I was a giant pussy and told him that I was only going to do one for my first time. After a few minutes of talking back and forth about it, I decided if he can do two squares, so can I. After 20 minutes or so, he asks if I have any pot. I told him I had some smoke. I break it all out and we rip the bowl, then start the waiting game. John starts walking around my kitchen and living room staring at things. He started commenting on how he was seeing things move on him. I wasn't seeing shit. After about an hour and 15 minutes went by, I started noticing movement in my peripherals. Then I started to notice subtle color changes in the various light sources around the room. Between the booze and the smoke, I was really starting to slump back in my seat. John had the great idea of putting some music on. Naturally, I put on some slow Led Zeppelin, and we sat there and took it all in. I started to notice blips of various colors of light in my vision corresponding with the music. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, I started to get very euphoric. My wife had some Halloween, Halloween, Halloween decorations on the mantle that started to get very entertaining. She also had some decorative flowers in vases on the tile in front of the fireplace that began to dance with each other. Everything was coming to life. Every inanimate object that I looked at began to come to life in some form or another. The beautiful thing about it was being there with someone else to share your trip with. He understood exactly what I was describing, as did I when he pointed something out. While I was taking everything in, or attempting to, the thought was looming that my wife was eventually going to come home. Yeah, man, that thought would loom. Does she know that you're tripping? Uh, she had no idea what was happening. Oh, there we go. And there's the answer. She had no idea what was happening. At some point in the evening, around 930 or so, she texts, she texted me wanting to know if I wanted something to eat that she could grab on her way home. I told her John was over and asked if she could get us both something. As we were texting back and forth, it became increasingly difficult to use my phone. Almost impossible, actually. All of the letters and symbols were moving and jostling for my attention. John was wound up and ranting about something in the background. Quote, uh, Tell her to get me a half-sweet, half-unsweet tea. He started in on how hungry he was. I think I'm going to order some pizza and wings, he said. I'm like, John, my wife is literally going by Sonic. She'll grab you some food. He's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll order pizza and wings. The whole time, I'm trying to tell my wife to get us food, then never mind, don't worry about it. She's starting to get pissed. I just tell her to decide for me. 
John successfully calls Pizza Hut and orders pizza and wings. We continued to marvel at our surroundings for another 30 minutes or so, which felt like hours. We were on our second record, and I think I see headlights in the driveway. Is it pizza? Is it my wife? Is it the fucking cops? Who knows? By this time, everything was... Everything has hit me like a ton of shit. Ew. That's gross, man. A ton of shit? That doesn't sound like an enjoyable experience. Like fecal matter? Isn't that going to ruin your hotness? Anyway, my wife comes in to my relief and dismay. Pizza came about 15 minutes later and was pretty uneventful. I don't want to talk at this point. I don't want to give away that I'm on acid. I knew that my wife would get super pissed if she found out. She knows about the pot, though. Maybe she'll just think we're both really high. John starts asking her how her day went. I've never seen someone that can stay so composed while completely obliterated. She starts in about her day. She had met with um, a big boss guy for her job. She's like, he's this big fat ass that thinks he's really something. I look up at her, and it's like the scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where Hunter S. Thompson is in the casino with all the lizard people. Her face is red. She looks short and misproportioned. She's eating a foot-long hot dog. The fact that she's talking about this fat-ass boss guy um, with her face uh, while stuffing her face with a foot-long is too much to bear, and I start cackling. Then John starts laughing at me. Her response? So how long has this been going on? Oh shit, she's on to us. We laugh it off and John serenades her with more small talk. She finally goes back to the bedroom. John and I compare and discuss penises. <laughs> I'm kidding, I just threw that part in. No, what it really says is, John and I compare and discuss what we're seeing and feeling. I'll talk now about some of the things I saw. This is very hard to convey in words, but I will do my best. After a couple of hours, I started to see patterns superimposed over my vision. The best way I can describe this is if you can envision what a circular Mayan calendar looks like. I can, because they predicted the end of the world in 2012. I think the world ended, and we're all just dead, you know, like at the end of Lost. Spoiler uh, what a circular Mayan calendar looks like. Imagining taking that and making it into a transparency, like for old school projectors, and holding it right in front of your face. I could still see everything in the room, but I could also see these symbols. At times, there would be two or three sets of these circular symbols, the outlines of these groups of symbols would be green, blue, purple, etc., all slowly rotating. I could even close my eyes and see them. Almost every object that I would look at, particularly their outlines, would be filled with various color lights shooting around them, almost like those raindrop Christmas lights. We have a globe in our living room that was pretty intriguing, too. I would look at it and see the clouds moving around it. 
At about 1.30 a.m., John decided to go home. After he left, I really started moving around the house, staring at any and everything. I have three pretty massive posters hanging up above my vintage stereo equipment. They are all reproductions of Bill Graham posters from the 60s. The best way I can describe them on acid is moving pictures. They were reminiscent of something you'd see in Times Square. It's almost like the people that made them were using acid. LOL. I, yeah, they probably were on acid, man. A couple of other honorable mentions. Um, one of my dogs got up on my lap, and when I looked at her, she was a puppy. Oh! And I, I let them out into my backyard at one point and saw snakes slithering in the grass. Ugh! Dude, that, that, that would fucking set me on a bad trip. I'm scared of snakes. Like, really scared of snakes. Uh, I took a piss in the bathroom and after was washing my hands. Well, you do better than me. I usually just, I will I, I wash my hands if I piss in public. But if I'm at home, I don't really wash. I just sit down to pee. It's like comfortable and it's less to clean up because you don't like splatter. Because you try to aim with your penis, but then the, the hole gets all weird and it'll like spray out in like two different streams and you know, it'll get on like your toothbrush. So, but anyway, so that's why I don't really wash my hands after I pee, unless there's like a guest here, unless I have a visitor, because then it would be just like gross and rude. But if it's just me and my significant other here, then I, I just don't, I don't fuck with it. You know, if I poo though, I wash my hands. I make sure to get under the nails too. Cause sometimes my finger, like it gets up in there, like it'll go through the, you, you, okay. All right. Back to the story. Uh, I was washing my hands. I just happened to look down at the sink while washing my hands and got the impression that I was falling down a well. Well, 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 something about acid that is very intriguing is that your spatial awareness changes. At times, things feel like they are very distant. Other times, you can look at something and almost zoom in on it. I noticed that many surroundings emanated from the opposite side. Oh, wait, wait, many sound. Wait, wait, okay. I noticed that many sounds, that's it, sounds emanated from the opposite side of their source. Many sounds would echo or seem distant. I could wave my hand in front of my face and it would skip like it was moving at five frames per second or something. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've that's happened to me before, too. Uh, la la. After hours of laying on the couch in close to darkness, I could put my hand in front of my face and stare at it. The superimposed imagery that I was talking about was still present. As I stared at my hand and slowly moved it, I could manipulate the superimposed symbols ever so slightly. It looked as if you were running your hands through a reflection on the water. 
At one point, I could see wisps of translucent, almost smoke energy emanating from my skin. Oh, dude, I've got a lot to talk about with what you're talking about here. I'm, and I'm going, I'm going to. I really zoned in on it, the smoke emanating from skin. I really zoned in on it. At one point, I could see that smoke-like matter form fingers that were grasping at my individual fingers. I remember also looking at my freckled arm. I could see my freckles turn into worms that were traversing in and out of my skin. It was almost, I was almost daring myself to see some scary shit because I was getting bored of the benevolent nature of everything thus far. That really got my attention. I never got freaked out by what I was seeing. My mind, the whole thing, in my mind, the whole thing was like one big mind experiment, which it is, you know, you're experimenting with this drug. It kind of scares me how much I like acid. Oh, man, it shouldn't scare you. You know, most, you know, if you're pretty well adjusted and you're in a good space, I think most people would like it, even though it's illegal and very sinful. I've been thinking about my experience a lot. Really, the only downsides to my experience was being wide awake for so long. Yeah, it'll keep you up. I really had to pretend to sleep, but never really fell asleep until about 10 the next morning. My muscles were very tight, and some of my joints ached. It was hot as hell that night and the following day. The whole experience was very humbling. It was very spiritual in a weird kind of way. I got the impression that there was some old, long-standing force that I was previously uh, unaware of that had been there all along. I think what I'm most amazed of is what the human brain is capable of conjuring. I didn't even have a bad trip. I can't imagine what a scary trip would look like. I definitely plan on some more time-traveling sessions in the near future. I hope this wasn't too long to read and that it provides you with some entertainment. Feel free to discuss it on your show if you would like. Anonymity would be greatly appreciated. Uh, your devoted listener, Dirk Turkle of... Aurora, Illinois. Aurora. Hey, that's like Wayne's world. Do you know Wayne and Garth? I can you can I meet them? All right. Uh so what time am I at? Let me check my time. Okay, so I'm gonna take a quick break and I'll be right back. And then with that, I'm I'm gonna get into uh my own like take on that story. Be right back. I'm back. First of all, I would like to thank Dirk Turkle of Aurora, Illinois, friends of Wayne and Garth, for sharing your story with us on the show. If if you, any of you who are not Dirk Turkle of Aurora, Illinois, would like to share a story of their own or have any questions or things you'd like me to talk about on the show, again, you can send me an email, thatthingwithjames at gmail.com, or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher. So I've got a few things in mind that I want to 
discuss here regarding the story. And uh, I, I didn't really take any notes because I'm trying to, you know, stay true to the improvised uh, roots of this show. But um, let's start with the puppy. That's the first thing that pops into my mind. Uh, seeing the dog, I'm assuming it's a, an, an adult dog. Um, you looked at it and it looked like a puppy. Perhaps, perhaps the acid did a thing where it, it shows you the truth about everything. It like radically shows you the truth. And I think that's what it really means when people like have a bad trip is that there's some, I mean, something they, I, I've never personally heard any accounts that seemed, you know, real about, um, you know, people seeing like demons come out of their butthole or something like that. I've never really heard of anything unless it's like some propaganda shit. But um, from sources that are credible, I've heard that, you know, a bad trip is really just um, facing the truth in a very radical way. Like the drug, uh, the psychedelic will, I mean, it just puts the truth right in front of you. It is like in Star Wars when Luke goes into the cave in Dagobah, when he goes into the cave and um, he faces himself. You know, he faces the deepest, darkest fear that he had, the, the, the most uh, pressing obstacle that he had to deal with in his life, and that was himself. The hardest pill to swallow was he himself. Well, uh, that's kind of like acid. It's like, you know, some people, they get shown the truth and maybe it's something that they've tried really hard to lie to themselves and to others about, tried really hard to uh, forget and stuff down. Maybe it makes you face those things and say, look, this is real. Like, this is the thing you've been hiding from. Face it. Because if you don't, you're not going to get better. You have to admit, you have to open yourself up to the truth, and you have to face the truth. Because hiding from it is not doing you any, any favors. And, uh, that, and, and that's manifesting in a lot of problems you might be having in your life. So face the truth. Come to terms with it. Accept it. And then move, move past it. Move through it and uh, love yourself. Maybe that's what the acid is teaching. Well, with like uh, showing the, the truth, and that, that's kind of like a through line here, because it's going to go into some other details that I want to cover. Um, maybe you were seeing the dog like as you see the dog, or maybe you were seeing the dog's truth. The truth is the dog may be bigger. It may look a bit older, maybe an adult dog, but inside and in its heart and its personality and its love, it is still just a puppy. We're all still just little puppies. We can barely walk. Our back legs don't move around. We have to crawl around with our front paws. We can't open our big bug eyes yet. We're just cute little puppies. <coughs> crawling around, crawling through our lives, lost little puppies, 
nude babies to the world. Lost little puppies going woof woof woof. I have to pay my my mortgage now. I've got to get to, to work. I'm married. Yep, yep, yep. Just little puppies playing adult doggy games. But in truth, we're all real just puppies inside. So maybe you were seeing the dog's truth. He's just a puppy. And you saw it, and it's like, that's that's the real you. I'm seeing the truth. The facade has stripped away the facade of this adulthood, this adult dog who goes to work. He's got a 9-5, got a 401k that's not doing shit. So he's looking into getting an IRA. And, uh, you know, doggy doing doggy stuff. Dog, living life doggy style. It looks like that. But then you see the dog's truth and it's like, no, I'm looking into your eyes for the first time. And I see that you are a puppy, as am I. So that's the thing with the dog. Now, with the snakes in the yard, I believe that was real. And that would have... (sighs) I'm very scared of snakes. I would have run. If they were fake snakes, well, I mean, that's, that's one thing. That's the acid just moving shit around on you, but... If it's real snakes, no, not even garden snakes. You know, people say, oh, it's a little cutie looking little baby garden snake. I'm like, I see it and I, I can accept that it is cute looking. Nevertheless, I am fucking stricken with terror right now because I have a phobia, an unexplainable fear of snacks, not snacks, snakes snack you know s-n-e-k it's the and that's like the the meme version of snake is snack to write it as snack well uh yeah so that's the thing and then when you're like looking at your hand and you're seeing this almost like smoke-like energy coming off of you that's the thing about acid of course again i've never done it ever myself i've never done it a whole bunch of times okay never done it um but I know that something that I learned from not doing it is that quite a bit of the stuff that may seem like, whoa, that's like a hallucination. It's not really a hallucination that you're seeing. It's not like an illusion. It's not a mirage. You're actually seeing the truth You're actually seeing things as they are. You're noticing small details that you don't notice as an adult. Because think about it. We're all puppies. We all start out as puppies. And when we're puppies, our little skulls are mushy and our little brains are mushy. And maybe some people's skulls never get, you know, hard. You know, some people, some adults, adult doggies live with mushy skulls. Like Emily, she's got a mushy skull. She doesn't like it when I tell her that, but I mean, skull's mushy. It's mushy. She doesn't actually have a mushy skull. She has a very hard skull because she's a very hard-headed woman. And I kind of respect that. And I also am very frustrated by it a lot because it's like, you know, you're being hard-headed to a fault. You need to soften that skull up a bit, babe. Anyway, um... Yeah. So when we're babies, it's like we're all autistic. 
You know, we don't know how to filter out things. We don't know how to filter out phenomena, all the senses that we're sensing. Everything is coming at you at once. You don't know how to filter out information. And then as you get older, you get better at um, organizing um, stimuli and memories and sense experiences. You get Your brain gets better at organizing these things as you age. Part of that is so that you can function, uh, so you can focus better, and so that you can, yeah, so you have better concentration and don't get overwhelmed when a lot of things are happening, uh, or you don't get overwhelmed by just things existing. That's a, I, I believe that's an evolution trait. It's a survival, it's an, ad- it's an adaptive trait about survival, so if you need to focus and get away and think strategically, um, you're able to filter out um, what your brain may interpret as irrelevant information, not uh, information not germane to the situation and the circumstance you're dealing with in the immediate moment. So you filter stuff out. I mean, when you meditate, that's the thing. Like some people get kind of overwhelmed when they sit down to meditate because it's for the first time they're sitting down, they're sitting still, they're shutting the fuck up and just listening. They're just sitting and listening. And when I say listening, uh, yes, I mean orally. Yes, hearing all the things around you, but I mean listening with every sense, so to speak. You're feeling everything. You just sit there and instead of thinking, instead of doing input, or instead of outputting, do full input. Just try to, you know, one way is like focus on your breath just to get your mental chatter to shut up. But don't try to force the mental chatter to shut up because that's a losing fight. If it's chattering, just let it be. But instead of focusing on that, um, draw your attention to your surroundings. And, and, you can simplify it. You can focus just on your breath. Another one is uh, focus on all the things you can hear. You just sit silently and sort of um, notice and maybe count how many different unique sounds you can hear around you. Let's take a moment to do that right now. Um, Just close your eyes. Even if you're driving, just close your eyes and uh, take a few deep breaths and, you know, just keep breathing naturally after that and count how many different things you can hear. All right, let's meditate. We're going to do it right now. Close your eyes in five, four, three, two, one, go meditate. And don't forget to count all the things you can hear, not counting my instruction here. Okay, I counted seven things. That was how many did you count? No way. Way. That's cool, man. Whoa, really? That's awesome. I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> but uh yeah, I so 
part of being an adult and to survive is to filter out that information, you know, stuff that's just background noise. Um, but when you're a baby and especially a kid, you don't really have that skill yet. Um, you don't really know how to filter things out just yet. So a lot of stuff is coming in. Plus you're more tapped into, you have fewer sort of hangups. You have fewer uh, linguistic and cultural um, rules that you kind of try to stick to in your head. So the rules are gone in your head. You don't have your hangups. You don't, you're not thinking about good and bad things just are what they are. And, um, and you're getting just like blasted with all these, uh, phenomena, these ex sense experiences. And, um, it's all hitting you at once and it's mingling with your conscious logical mind. And it's, it's also mingle mingling with your, like your waking, like subconscious, your unconscious and your imagination and the lines between these different levels of consciousness are blurring and the, the filter of like what is and what is not irrelevant in sense information coming in also gets blurred. It gets weakened. There's actually, um, you can find like MRI or whatever, uh, images, science pictures of people, people's brains when they're sober and you can see like what neurons are lighting up, like what synapses are firing at any time. They'll appear brighter in the picture. And there's like different connections, like they know how to connect with different kinds of thoughts and stuff. A different part of your brain, a different lobe will be working to process different types of information. Whereas when someone is like on acid or on magic mushrooms or ecstasy or something, uh, but I think the pictures that I've seen were for uh, LSD and for psilocybin mushrooms, the brain is just fully lit up. Like um, as part of what happens to your brain as you develop these like um, adaptive survival skills of filtering things out and categorizing thoughts, feelings, and so on and so forth, your brain will create certain pathways that it sends information. Well, when you, when you take the, the drug it's like hitting a reset button. So your brain isn't just using those pathways anymore. It's actually lighting up like everything in your brain, like all the pathways are lit and the usual streets that it takes, they're lit up along with everything else. And also your brain will find new routes between like point A and point B to solve a problem or come up with a reasoning for, or, or, or uh, an understanding of a thought or a feeling or something. Um, it'll find new pathways, perhaps more effective, more efficient pathways for your brain to process information. It's an interesting thing. Um, and then when you come down, some of those pathways will stay the same, but then it's up to you to, you know, keep up with those instead of reverting back just to your old uh, rommels or whatever they're called, just your old neural pathways. Um, so yeah, so when you're seeing this, this smoky like stuff coming off of you, maybe you were just seeing something that you hadn't noticed since you were like a baby. Maybe you were seeing um, light steam coming out of your pores. Maybe it was also the, um, you know, your, 
your aura, your electromagnetic um, aura that you were seeing emanating from you because you're a walking battery, basically. Someone's coming up the stairs. Who is it? Oh, it's my neighbor. I just heard her lighter. She's a smoker. And she just opened her door. So, yeah, it's my neighbor. It's not a creeper coming up the creepy dark stairs at night. Um, so yeah, maybe you were just seeing like, um, well not just, but maybe you were seeing like your electromagnetic field or something, your aura, and also seeing the heat coming off of you. Maybe you're seeing the heat coming off of you. And also when you said that, um, you were hearing sounds emanating from like the opposite place, like maybe I've got my refrigerator over here, but what if I hear it over at this other side of the room, like the sound of it? Maybe it's not like an auto, audible oral hallucination. Maybe it's just that you were noticing echoes that you simply didn't notice before because maybe you were just kind of in your head instead of really like you can get the same experience by meditating, which is just practicing shutting your head up and noticing things. That's essentially it. Well, part of it. Um, but yeah, maybe you were just noticing something you had not noticed before because maybe you're just like, I don't know, your brain's elsewhere. You weren't totally present, which is, I'm not trying to say it's like a bad thing. It is what it is. But, you know, maybe that's what you were hearing. Like, you that's just the echoes. How many different ways can I say that? You're just hearing things as they really are and seeing things as they really are. Now, here's here's the thing. Um, your significant other didn't know that you were tripping. So yeah, I, I'd be paranoid and anxious about that myself. Um, maybe that is something you should probably tell her about. Um, if you definitely, if you plan on taking it again, maybe tell her about it. Um, and, and maybe a part of that truth to face is that maybe you're afraid of getting in trouble. Maybe you're afraid of being judged by her. Uh, maybe you're afraid that she might like kick you out or something or who knows what. Uh, but I'm sure you can find a way to communicate because every relationship, romantic, familial, um, even just a passing relationship, the key to a healthy relationship, the key for a thriving relationship is communication, 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 communication. You got to communicate. Even and a lot of times the thing that you need to communicate the most is probably the thing you want to communicate the least. I say definitely tell her about it. I, I think she deserves to know. And maybe she already had a suspicion that there was something going on more than just um, booze and metahana. So I think you should definitely tell her. And I mean, <laughs> this you're, you're not asking for like, you know, relationship counseling or anything here. Um, and it's not really my place to give it, but I'm, this is just my take. This is just something that came to mind and it. I just want to share what came to my mind. It's like, it sounds like she wasn't having the best of days. You know, she's upset about work. Really. It sounds like she sounds like she's working late. Um, you know, she's getting ticked off 
with you, you mentioned a few times that she got ticked off at you and she gets ticked off and she gets like, it sounded like she was a little um, bummed out for who knows why when she said, how long has this been going on? When asking about like you and your friend, quote unquote, John, um, we're just having a, having a grand old time in the, I'm assuming the living room. When she said like, how long has this been going on? Maybe it might have initially seemed that she was annoyed and upset that this person was over at her house with her husband. Um, and I and I understand that. Maybe she was. She had a long day. Maybe she just wanted to unwind, maybe snuggle with you or something. But then she comes home and, you know, there's beer bottles out and you got a friend, you're listening to music and it's it's like, great, I live in a frat house now. That might be her initial thought, but also... And that might be what you think she's thinking too, but you don't know what another person is thinking. You can't read minds. You should never make assumptions. Talk to her and, you know, talk it out. Maybe in truth, and maybe she not, might not really realize, but maybe she wished, maybe she was a little envious, a little jealous. Maybe she wanted to be that friend hanging out with you, cutting up, just having a grand old time in the living room. Not, you know, not worrying about all the million things that we learn to worry about as adults. Things that, what the fuck was that? I think I just saw like a ghost fucking, I just saw something like on the show before I've had like a, a unexplained light anomaly come up as like a couple small orbs of light. Well, I just saw something blip right by and it wasn't an orb of light, but it was something. It, it was not my eyes and it was not an acid flashback because I've never done acid, period. Dopes are for dopes. Um, dopes are for dopes. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, talk to her and you know, she's getting ticked off at you. It sounds like maybe she's getting ticked off at you a lot and maybe you feel like you're um, you can't really talk to her. Maybe you're afraid to talk to her because you're afraid you'll get in trouble and maybe something bad will happen from it, which is understandable. I'm not a therapist. I, you know, so I, I'm not really licensed or really qualified to give information. All I'm speaking of is just from my own personal experience and what I have learned, uh, by studying like communication and stuff in college. As you, if you're watching, uh, as you can see on the right side of the screen up, up in the top right over my left shoulder, uh, there's a picture of me getting my master's degree. Well, that was in theater. Uh, I actually got my, um, undergrad, my minor was in communication studies. So I learned, you know, I learned some stuff about humans. I, I, I know some theory, some like legit theory, but you know, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not never said I'm one quit telling me I'm a therapist for crying out loud. People, I'm not a therapist. Strangers just come up to me and you know, they'll just random people will unload their like deepest, darkest shit that they've never told anyone. And it's like, I didn't ask for this, but I, I listen. I don't say that to them. I just end up like listening and thinking, you know, sometimes it's like, this is horrible. I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing this with me. I'm sorry you had to go through that sort of thing. And then other times it's like, wow, you are just fucking coked out of your mind. And I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to hear it. 
this is not a fun story. And I feel like you're like assaulting me with your fucking story. You didn't ask for consent. I'm not a therapist, but then I, I, I'm just nice. I'm just nice anyway. So I end up just listening anyway, and then being kind and giving my own take my genuine, um, thoughts and feelings, interpretation, response, whatever. So yeah, definitely tell her and definitely talk to her. I say that's, that's, that's what I, my, my unsolicited advice is definitely tell her, definitely talk to her about it. And maybe, maybe, um, if she's down for it and this might really help because maybe she needs to see some truth too, her own truth. Maybe after talking to her about it and getting a feel of the situation, um, see if she wants to try it with you. You know what I'm talking about? And again, I'm not trying to promote this usage. I'm not trying to, you know, tell anyone to do anything bad. That stuff, you know, it can be dangerous. You know, it's again, I, I'm no professional. I'm just an entertainer here. Um, I, I, I don't know that I'm would be so bold as to consider myself a comedian, but I try to be at least a uh, humorous entertainment, you know, at least somewhat more humorous than a New Yorker comic strip. All right. So there's, that's, that's, that's my uh, standard there. That's my criteria. Well, maybe if she's down for it, just spitballing here. Maybe if she's down for it, take it with her. Maybe that might be something that you two need to experience something together to maybe open up those channels of communication. Maybe that's just the thing you need. Who knows? Have a good night. Have that experience together as a as a unit, as a long-term committed, your 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 heart partner, your soulmate. You know, have a that kind of like a deep, if you had a deep experience, why not invite her, that significant other to share in that deep experience with you? Maybe that's something that will bring you two closer together. Maybe, uh, yeah, it'll open up channels of communication. That might be a great thing. Maybe, uh, you know, get a whole sheet for yourself and just like hold on to it for those special occasions where it's like, you know, we could get drunk or and again, also like, um, if you're going to do it again, try to do it without alcohol. Cause alcohol, just don't do it with alcohol. I'm not saying don't ever do it with alcohol. I'm just saying, um, you know, try it without it. So you're not, dulled and depressed by the alcohol because it is a depressant. Um, oh, oh yeah. Aches and pains, aches and pains. Um, regarding the aches and pains, like the muscle tension and the aching joints and stuff. Again, that's the truth. That's the things that you feel all the time. It's not like that was the drug making it happen. Actually, there's research done that LSD is works as a muscle relaxer. So your muscles were actually relaxing or were trying to relax. Um, and maybe they were just like holding on a lot of tension, a lot of emotional tension, a lot of work tension, uh, just tension in your muscles and in your joints. That stuff's there all the time. Maybe you do a hard manual labor job, like that's hard on your body and you're gonna hurt. And maybe you don't feel it all the time. Maybe, you know, uh, 
the alcohol can help you not feel it, but it's not going to make the uh, the tension go away just because you don't feel it. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's there. Well, the opposite, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not there. So, yeah. And that's a sensation, again, you can get with like meditation and yoga and stuff. Any practice that just gets you more in touch out of your out of your mind, not like out of your mind, but like out of your, not getting hooked on your thoughts and feelings and getting present in the physical space, getting present and acquainted with your body, really occupying your flesh, your spooky skeleton inside your flesh with all that icky, gross, gooey blood pumping through the veins. Getting in touch with that can get you more in touch with the fact that, yeah, you've got certain tensions in certain parts of your body. Maybe that's something you can stretch out. Uh, maybe meditate while tripping. Maybe try to do some yoga. Don't push it, but do some light stretching. Do some light stretching with yoga and explore that sensation. Just an idea. But again, if you're doing that stuff, sinful. It's no good. No good. Well, I think I'm done. That's this episode. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I love you so much. And please, please share the show with your friends, your coworkers who are cool. I need some more listeners, man. I know I was being a little kind of a, uh, uh, facetious sort of sarcastic Debbie Downer at the beginning of this, but I really would love to have some more people. And, you know, no pressure. I don't want to like pressure you or anything, but I do want to encourage you to share the show with your friends. Like, I think people could dig it. I, it'd be pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it would, you know, getting more people would cheer me up. So I have more drive to like make the episodes better and better. But no matter my feelings, no matter my, my, my doubtful thoughts, my, my usual pattern of negative thinking that I try to break from, or don't try, but that I'm learning how to manage and cope with every day, getting better and better. It's getting a little better all the time. Hold on. God, I'm just a farty Marty. That's that chili from last night, folks. Oh, God damn. Uh, I got to get out of here. This is nasty. See you next week. But yeah, share the show with your friends. Yeah, get in the, you know, I'm going to keep this show going every week, except I'm going to try to figure out some break days because it would be nice to have like a, a week off one time. But I'm still going to work on this show. I'm still going to make this show. It's my commitment. It's my promise to you to stay insightful and entertaining and stay classy. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>